Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Now, what Dr. Fauci is referring to is, of course, the level of protection that we need such that our healthcare system is not overwhelmed by people sick with COVID. And if we got to that level at 75% or so of people were immunized, it would dramatically reduce the burden on the healthcare system, the hospitalizations, the serious disease, and we could resume social activity and seeing each other and seeing our grandkids, uh, kids going to school uh, without the concern that the reductions in social distancing would lead again to the healthcare system being overwhelmed. This is Sarah and Beth. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics, the home of grace-filled political conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. This is a very special episode that we are thrilled to bring you with Dr. Christopher Byrer. We're going to share that interview in just a moment about vaccines and epidemiology and all the new technologies with regards to vaccines coming our way in 2021. But before we get started, we got a little, a little business to clear up. As we start to look at the end of the calendar, we wanted to lighten things up 
before we take two weeks off, which we always do at the end of the year. We just feel it's important to give ourselves and all of you a break, especially after a year like the one we've just had. So there's going to be a little levity for you here on Tuesday with our Ask Us Anything episode. We received so many questions of such a wide variety. And so that was so much fun to record and we hope that you really enjoy it. And then on Friday, we're going to walk through the calendar of the year and really think about what we've learned in 2020, how the year has impacted us, how we look back with a little bit of hindsight on some of the things that happened in January alone, which was a, a really intense month before we got into the pandemic. So kind of some processing episodes next week, and then we will be off completely off, not on social media much, uh, not here in your podcast feed at all for the last two weeks of the year, and we will get right back to it in January. Before we go, we want to share this conversation with you. We're hoping that this will arm you with good information as you go into the holiday season on Zoom or wherever else and start to engage with your friends and family and community about vaccines. We are so thrilled to be here today with Dr. Chris Byrer, the Desmond Tutu Professor of Public Health and Human Rights at John Hopkins University. We are so excited because we know so many of you have questions about um, the vaccines coming to inoculate all of us, hopefully, against COVID-19, the new technology, how distribution work, and how to build trust in your communities so that we can get the vaccine out into the population and hopefully start to return to somewhat of a normal life. And so thank you so much for coming on our show. Delighted to be here. Dr. Byer, this year is the first time I've made an attempt in my life to understand vaccines. Mm. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And so we sat down together in one of the, the many days at home in April, we were trying to find something to do that was educational. And we watched a little video and did an art project about vaccines. And what they learned from that project is that a vaccine is like, you know, a monster is coming at your body. And sometimes your body could confront a monster and think, well, let me try different ways of catching it. And it takes a while and it's hard on your body. But a vaccine is like showing your body a picture of the monster so that it's ready if it ever encounters that monster in real life. And I'm wondering if you could work with that extremely rudimentary understanding of vaccines to just help us all level set on how, you know, pre-COVID, how did vaccine development work? And how should we understand what's going on when we take a vaccine? Well, it's a, it's a good example, I think, because what, what the current two current vaccines that are now uh, being evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for this emergency use authorizations, uh, they both do present the body with a kind of a picture, a kind of an image um, uh, of, of the, the key part of the monster, which in this case is the spike protein of the coronavirus. Um, that is a piece of genetic information and, and uh, messenger RNA encapsulated in fat. And then, you know, your body reads that picture, makes that protein, and then your immune response kicks in. So I, I'm saying that just by way of, of, of answering your question to say, first of all, this is a new technology. Messenger RNA vaccines have not led to licensed vaccines for any other 
infection, any other disease uh, in the U.S. So, uh, so this is a new approach. Um, we have had, you know, many different approaches over the decades for vaccines, and they have evolved as uh, our science has evolved, as biotechnology advances have happened. And, uh, and of course, they have, generally speaking, gotten safer and safer. Um, uh, I'll give you a great example. Uh, a relatively newer vaccine uh, is the vaccine against the human papillomavirus, HPV, mm -hmm. uh, which of course leads to uh, almost all of the cervical cancer in women. So this is one of the first vaccines that really uh, has an anti-cancer activity in addition to its uh, antiviral activity. And uh, this, is, this is a vaccine that is based again on a relatively new technology. Um, I was at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, uh, the day the vaccine trial results were released for that vaccine. And I have to tell you, it was one of the most exciting days. I mean, there were essentially no cases of HPV acquisition in the women who'd been immunized. And all the cases that did occur were in women who'd received placebo. Uh, the safety data was very compelling. Uh, and, and it was clear that we had a new vaccine. So how does this new technology differ from vaccines you know, we've all been getting since we were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the oldest and simplest vaccines were often just whole killed virus. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they were immunogenic, um, for sure, some of them, but, but also they tended to, to lead to more reactions. Now, some vaccines were what were called live attenuated vaccines. So a vaccine we no longer use because we have eradicated the disease, smallpox, uh, was a live attenuated uh, a vaccine. And, and uh, you may know some older relatives or friends will have these scars uh, mm -hmm. from that vaccine. It, it now would not be licensed. We, we couldn't use a vaccine that caused that much of a reaction that caused scarring. Uh, so that's an old technology. Fortunately, it worked to eradicate smallpox and now we don't need to use that vaccine. Um, but if we were to, if somehow smallpox came back into the world, um, and there are some reserves uh, in a few countries, including the U.S., uh, we would have to develop a new, uh, a new vaccine using these newer biotech approaches. Um, now, right now with the coronavirus vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, we are deliberately uh, studying different uh, vaccine approaches, different platforms, as we call them, because we know that we're going to need multiple vaccines. Uh, and we also need to do the work to understand how these vaccines work in special populations. Now, you were just talking about your kids. Uh, so neither the Pfizer vaccine nor the Moderna vaccine have been studied in children under 12. The Pfizer vaccine did include older children, 12 to 18 years old, and it looks safe and effective uh, in those kids. Um, but we will have to do uh, additional studies. There's already one planned uh, in children to assess the efficacy and safety in them. We also haven't 
haven't studied these uh, vaccines in pregnant women. Uh, and as you may know, 75% of the healthcare workforce is women in this country. So uh, we, we are prioritizing healthcare workers as the first line folks to get a vaccine um, if they want it uh, because of their occupational exposure. And that means a lot of women of childbearing age. What about breastfeeding? Do we know if it's safe for women who are breastfeeding at this point? No. Uh, we don't know that. We have not uh, enrolled either pregnant or lactating women uh, deliberately in the trials. Uh, but, you know, when, whenever you do a trial of 30,000 people and the, the uh, Pfizer vaccine was even bigger, it was 44,000 people, uh, you are going to enroll some women who are pregnant and don't know they are pregnant or some women who may subsequently become pregnant after being immunized. That's just going to happen because of the numbers. Uh, and so uh, the the plan is to follow everybody who's been in these trials for a full two years. The FDA is making their decision on the vaccines based on two full months of safety data. That's why we had to wait until now uh, to have enough safety data for the FDA to evaluate. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special. And they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. So if this new technology is showing such effectiveness, and I read an unbelievable article that they actually, using the genetic code of the virus, produced the vaccine in two weeks. It was just the trials that took so long. That's correct, right? Yes. Which is unbelievable as well. (laughs) So if we see this, this technology rollout with Moderna and Pfizer and it's effective and it's safe, can we start to draw conclusions about the technology itself? And I guess what I'm asking is, it feels like people are judging the the speed at which this vaccine came forth and having distrust. Oh my gosh, it came so fast. But it seems like the answer is yes, because we're using a very different and new technology And if we can see with this particular COVID-19 vaccine that this technology is safe, effective, and we can get it so fast, maybe we can not just create more trust with vaccines overall, but start to educate the public on this new technology. And even, I I mean, I don't know, like reassess the, the way we do trials if we see this particular technology is just a totally new ballgame. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, um, and there I think there's there's a, there's a couple of additional uh, points to think about. First of all, in terms of the technology, there's been a lot of interest in using both DNA-based vaccines and RNA-based vaccines for more than a decade. And this technology has been being worked on for a number of years. Mm. Um, there were a couple of challenges, and one of the biggest ones was that in the with, with the initial attempts, and of course these were for other infections, not COVID, which hadn't emerged yet, uh, that, that these uh, products were being developed for, um, they would inject the messenger RNA and the body would degrade it very, very quickly. Mm. So, you know, we needed to figure out a way to package it because you have to get it into the cell. It has to cross the cell membrane and get into cells where the basically the manufacturing, the protein manufacturer of the cell uh, can make the spike protein. That's, that's what the messenger RNA is, a piece of genetic code for the spike protein. So it has to get into the cell. And several years ago, uh, the breakthrough was discovering you could basically wrap these uh, uh, these messenger RNA um, particles in, uh, in in fat. Essentially, it's a it's a lipid, um, uh, very very small uh, lipid envelope, um, which is a nanotechnology, uh, and that is the real breakthrough because that allows. If you remember from your high school biology, the cell membrane of all mammals is a lipid bilayer, right? And, uh, and so it's fat-soluble. 
And so that that um, lipid nanoparticle allows the messenger RNA to get into the cell. The protein is then manufactured in the tiny little cellular organelle called a ribosome. Um, and then that cell expresses the spike protein on its surface and your immune system sees it and sees that it's foreign and starts to respond. That's so interesting, though, because that helps people that to me, that's so helpful because it says it's it seems fast, but they've been working on this technology for years. And it really came along at this moment where we've had these breakthroughs to make it possible. I think that should really help build public trust as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and it's been a, a an international effort. This the 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 um, one of the key breakthroughs, of course, came from this small German biotech company um, that partnered with Pfizer. Because um, Pfizer is a great big American company. Um, as to the question about the time and the speed, um, it's it's the technology, but there's also a few other things that are really important. So one is normally, uh, you know, you you go through the the effort to develop a new vaccine, you test it, you do the clinical trials, and then there's typically a long lag between finding out that something is safe and effective and actually having it manufactured. And normally people would not invest in the scale up, the factories, the manufacturer, Mm -hmm. all of that, um, unless you knew you had a winner, unless you knew you had a a safe, efficacious product. But in the case of this global health emergency, um, the decision was made by what's called Operation Warp Speed, Um, Maybe not a great name (laughs) people's anxieties, but nevertheless, uh, uh, to invest in all of these technologies, right? So taxpayer money is going into manufacturing. In the case of Pfizer, the government pre-purchased 100 million doses uh, so that if we did have uh, a safe and effective vaccine, there wouldn't be a delay. We would have doses ready. Uh, so that is unprecedented. That has never happened before. And the funding for that came through the first Recovery Act, which you may remember last spring sailed through the Congress, uh, had bipartisan support because basically the, our economy and our society sh- was shutting down because of the pandemic. And, and basically we, we saved time by gambling on all the products. There was not a cutting of the time or cutting of the corners for Mm -hmm. the safety studies, for what's called the immunogenicity studies, where you see if if these vaccines are able to generate an immune response. And there wasn't a a shortcut on the efficacy trials. But the efficacy trials went faster than we thought they would because there's so much COVID transmission. Mm. And the rates of COVID are so high in this country. Uh, And it just turned out that while we were doing the trials, we had this extraordinary fall second wave that we all know we're living through. And and so that allowed the trials to get to their endpoints sooner than they would have had otherwise. And that's part of why we're we're thinking that we may have emergency use authorizations for both the Pfizer and Moderna products you know, in the next week or two, um, may even be sooner than that. Uh, And we will have, because of pre-purchase and manufacture, an initial about 40 million doses by the new year, uh, 
these are two-dose vaccines. Uh, one of them is 21 days apart, the two doses. The other is 28 days apart. So 40 million doses will mean we can immunize 20 million people. So we are going to start with a period of scarcity. We are not going to have enough vaccine for all the people who would like it and want it. Uh, and that's going to be true probably through the best estimate is June or July uh, of 2021. Well, when we will have enough vaccine for all the adults in this country who want it. Um, as I said, we have to do the additional studies in, in, in children under age 12 uh, to know about them. That would be about another 120 million uh, folks. There's, there's about 300. Uh, and 20 million and 220 million or so are adults. I just want to go back and make sure that I understood something you said about the trials. If I am hearing this and I'm concerned about two months of safety data, it sounded to me like part of my concern should be allayed because sometimes what causes a study to take so much time is that rate of transmission. So it's not just time, it's it's scale. And you got the scale. Am I understanding that? That's right. Okay. That's helpful. And when I hear you say we're going to be able to immunize 20 million people, how should I understand what that means? Because I have read a little bit about the vaccine as protecting me from disease if I get the virus, but not knowing yet what that means in terms of transmission. That's an extremely important point. I'm so glad you raised that. Yes, these trials all have a harmonized design, essentially. They're all pretty much the same design. And that design is that what we are looking at is the ability of the vaccine to protect you from symptomatic COVID-19 disease and from severe COVID-19 disease, right? So one of the interesting and, and really challenging issues with this particular virus, and of course it's a, it's a new virus that crossed over from animals, probably bats, uh, sometime in late 2019, uh, and has this incredible infectiousness, which is why it has spread to virtually every country in the world so quickly. Uh, but it has a very wide range of clinical outcomes. So 40% of people who acquire COVID have no symptoms at all. They don't know they've had it and they don't know that they're infectious for others. Uh, of course, a subset of people do get very serious disease and a subset of those people end up needing hospitalization, needing oxygen, often ending up on ventilators. And then of course, a subset of those people don't survive. So uh, it's a very wide range, but that told us right away that at least some people's immune system can respond to COVID and protect them from getting seriously ill. That's extremely important because it means that, that a vaccine has a real chance of working. You may know, for example, with a different virus that I've worked on for many years, the HIV virus, that when we say that somebody is HIV positive, it means that they have a positive antibody test. It doesn't mean they're not gonna have HIV, quite the opposite. Once, you're, once you have antibodies against that virus, it means without treatment, you're going to get gravely ill and, and it's a highly fatal virus. So, so that's very important. Um, what happened with both Pfizer and Moderna 
is uh, that essentially all the serious uh, cases of COVID were in placebo recipients. It protected against severe disease, uh, one, in one case, 100%, in the other, very close to it. So that's why we uh, are, are you know, so, so um, encouraged by the efficacy data. It's also true that uh, it reduced symptomatic disease overall very significantly uh, in both of, the, both of the trials. The other thing that's really encouraging is that, you know, the people who've been getting the sickest and, and doing the worst with COVID, as I'm sure you and your listeners know, is older folks and particularly people over 65. And the death rates with this virus really go through the roof after 70, 80. Uh, it's, a, it's very cruel in that way that, that it's really, really killed the, the oldest Americans. And that's why it's been so devastating in long-term care and nursing homes. So we wanted at least 25 to 40% of the people volunteering in these trials to be age 65 and over. So we could assess the efficacy in older folks and the great news there is that it looks just as effective in people over 65 as under 65. It actually caused fewer reactions in the folks over 65 because older people have less vigorous immune responses. So they have less of the, you know, the, the common side effects with both of these vaccines are basically pain, muscle pain at the injection site. Uh, and usually about a day or so of uh, feeling fatigue, malaise, sometimes a low-grade fever. Uh, those reactions are pretty common, but they're more common in younger people getting the vaccine than older. So Dr. Fauci has said that around 70 to 75 percent of Americans need to get the vaccine in order for the country to start getting back to normal. Can you help us understand that particular number? Well, I think the... The key thing to say is that we we have to um, we have to uh, understand, and this will take additional studies, the impact of these vaccines on uh, whether or not somebody who's been immunized. Uh, we know you can still acquire COVID, but the question is, uh, will you be infectious for others? Can you transmit it? The most Likely scenario, we think, is that you probably still can get infected with COVID. You, you will have a shorter clinical course. We already see that from the trials. And you probably will be less infectious and less infectious um, for others. And hopefully, uh, we will see a big impact then on um, reducing transmission. We don't know that yet. What we do know is that for people who've been immunized with these two candidate vaccines, they are protected against severe disease or serious clinical uh, disease with COVID at the 94 to 95% level, which is just amazing. Um, now, what Dr. Fauci is referring to is, of course, the level of protection that we need such that our healthcare system is not overwhelmed by people sick with COVID. And if we got to that level at 75% or so of people were immunized, uh, it would dramatically reduce the burden on the healthcare system, the hospitalizations, the serious disease. Uh, and, uh, and we could resume social activity and seeing each other and seeing our grandkids 
uh, kids going to school uh, without the concern that that the reductions in social distancing would um, would lead again to the healthcare system being overwhelmed. As you know, many many states, many counties are already uh, getting to the place where they're short on beds and they're short on staff. Uh, and people are moving medical personnel around to those most affected states, including the Army Reserve, uh, to deal with this problem. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code Podcast 15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy Filtered Showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy Filtered Showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
Knowing that we're not there yet and that our individual behaviors still make a dramatic difference, I wanted to ask you, this is a very particular question, but it just interests me and it's my podcast. So I wanted to ask, <laughs> um, I, I read an interview where you were speaking about HIV transmission and talking about how in the context of HIV transmission, a challenge has been that women are so much more engaged than men with healthcare for a variety of reasons, but especially women between, I think you said 18 to 45, that that population of women are so much more engaged than men of the same age. And I wonder, as we think about COVID and behavior, if you see any gender-specific differences that we ought to be aware of and how we can work to overcome those. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, Well, the first thing to say is there is a major gender difference in clinical outcomes and in death with COVID. And that is, it's been true all over the world. It's true in this country as well. Uh, Men are about twice as likely to die from COVID as women. Uh, And when we've tried to understand that and, and unpack it, it turns out that it really has to do with the genetics uh, of the immune response, the human immune response. So uh, this may be a little bit in the weeds, but it's it's important to understand. It turns out that some of the critical uh, genes that allow you to respond, to allow immune response uh, to COVID are on the X chromosome. So women have two X chromosomes. So women have twice the genetic repertoire. They have twice the genetic diversity to respond to coronaviruses, all coronaviruses. Uh, including COVID-19. And that also tells you how old the interaction of these coronaviruses with, you know, with, with humans and with uh, all the other mammals uh, out there um, has been going on because, you know, this, this is very much in our, literally in our DNA. Um, so we've known that for a while. We also know that there are some big occupational differences, right? So a large proportion of the workforce in nursing homes is women. Uh, So they have had higher rates of exposure uh, because of the spread in those indoor crowded facilities. Um, Men, uh, of course, are are also overrepresented in some other uh, occupations like law enforcement and EMTs uh, and and the meatpacking industry, uh, where we've seen high occupational exposure, so that's that's a gender difference that can that can play a role. Um, but I think you know behaviorally, uh, one of the things that you worry about um, is whether or not there are, for example, uh, gender differences in mask wearing in some places. Uh, that that could play a role. It certainly is also the case that the burden of COVID has been very high on women because, of course, uh, it turns out that duties like helping to homeschool kids and educate kids at home in this in this era when schools, schools have been closed falls disproportionately on women. Men, men are not that evolved yet, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, and that's true of so many of the other tasks, too, uh, of being at home. So so the burden has also been disproportionately on women. What I hope is, you know, with women so engaged with the healthcare system, 
and out there making vaccine decisions for their families that as caregivers, as people intimately connected to their own families and extended families through caregiving roles, they will see the vaccine as really a community act. That getting the vaccine is not just about preventing your own illness, but it is about preventing a body through which the disease can spread, continue to be out in our communities. And I think that that is that's so important. And I so appreciate public health experts that just keep ringing that bell and telling us like this is a this is something that connects us all. And therefore, the solution is going to take all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think that's so true, for example, of mask wearing. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, we're going to have to continue mask wearing in public spaces and in this era with the vaccines until we know whether or not they do reduce onward transmission. Uh, we just don't know that yet. We need to study it. Um, and, uh, and, and in fact, we have we've just did a, a recent blog post uh, with, with Larry Corey, who's one of, the, one of the leading people in the clinical trials at UW, um, University of Washington, about this very issue. If I get the vaccine, will I still need to wear a mask? And at least for now, the answer is yes, until we know about onward transmission. I have a dear friend who says, living the scientific method is hard. And I just keep (laughs) trying to remember that. So as our listeners go into the holidays and confront all kinds of anti-vax sentiment and conspiracy theory and disinformation about vaccines, what's the one thing that you would offer them to just kind of hold on to and remember in those conversations? You know, when when vaccines are working, we don't see their effects, right? Mm. And you know, Americans are no longer afraid of smallpox. We are not concerned about yellow fever. We are not terribly concerned about polio. You know, all of these were diseases uh, that had enormous impacts and burdens on people's lives, and all of them were resolved by vaccines. So uh, I think the thing to remember is that um, this is a, a preventive approach to health that has a long successful track record. And it's hard to see how it's working when, you know, we're, we're, we're not worried about polio. My parents' generation, my mother had polio. She has one leg shorter than the other. This was the great fear of their child. Mm. And Americans were under all kinds of restrictions, uh, you know, with swimming pools, they didn't really understand how it was transmitted. People uh, really lived in terror. And of course we had an American president who ended up in a wheelchair from polio, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Polio vaccines were, were one of the major scientific breakthroughs of the 20th century, and they transformed this country. And, uh, and I will just say to you that I think the COVID-19 vaccines are going to be, already are perhaps the major scientific breakthrough of the 21st century. Uh, and, uh, and I understand that people are anxious and afraid. What I would say to those who are, who are really concerned and, and, and want to see more evidence of safety is you're right. We all want to see more evidence of safety. And that is why everybody who's volunteered in these trials is going to be followed for a full two years. 
So the FDA emergency use is going to be based on the two months of safety data, but we are following everybody else going forward, and we're going to accrue more safety data over time. Uh, that's going to be very important. We, we already have the efficacy data, and with two products at over 90% effective in preventing serious disease, we have light at the end of this tunnel. Imagine if both of these vaccine trials failed and we were in a mm. place where the holidays are coming, the caseload is rising, the hospitals are crowded, and we have nothing to say to people except don't see your family over the holidays, stay at home, uh, <laughs> celebrate with the people in your household, wear a mask outside. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're in a much more hopeful place. Thank you so much for your time today. This was really helpful. Well, it's been great to talk to you both. And, and uh, as I said, I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I hope your listeners have a safe and, and uh, joyous uh, holiday season and, uh, and wear those masks. The vaccines are coming, but they're not here yet. We want to thank Dr. Chris Byer again for coming on our show. We are so happy to share that information with you. We look forward to ongoing conversations with all of you on social media in the new year about the coming vaccines. And until Tuesday's episode, when we share our Ask Us Anythings, keep it nuanced, y'all. Pantsy Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our managing director. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers, David McWilliams, Allie Edwards, Martha Brunitsky, Amy Whited, Janice Elliott, Sarah Ralph, Barry Kaufman, Jeremy Sequoia, Lori Lodow, Emily Neasley, Allison Luzader, Tracy Putoff, Danny Osmond, Molly Kors, Julie Haller, Jared Minson, Marnie Johansson, The Cree! Tawny Peterson, Sherry Blem, Tiffany Hasler, Morgan McHugh, Nicole Berkless, Linda Daniel, Joshua Allen, and Tim Miller. To support Pantsuit Politics and receive lots of bonus features, visit patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics. You can connect with us on our website, pantsuitpoliticsshow.com, sign up for our weekly emails, and follow us on Instagram.